Hi there, and welcome to the Thriving on Purpose broadcast. My name is Sebastian Richard, and I'm here with my beautiful wife this morning. Elizabeth Richard. <laughs> she hates when I does that. She wants me to say her name. She's like, ugh. Anyway, so we're introduced ourselves, and today we're continuing our series on marriage. We didn't expect it. Well, we kind of like had a series waiting in the wings. We didn't quite expect to start rolling with it. But you know what? The Lord has shown us that, yeah, it's a good time for this. There's a lot of people who could benefit from a series on marriage. And so the title of the series is Lord, Save My Marriage. Lord, Save My Marriage. And this will be, I guess, part two. And we did part one without really yeah. knowing it uh, last week. So I encourage you to go back and listen to part one, which was very, what was the title again? It was, I know it was very good. I just forget it was, the title. It was very foundational. So go yeah. back and listen to it. So you forgot the title too, huh? It's okay. It doesn't matter. Just, it was uh, how to... Um, something about a, a strong it was basically about strong kingdom oh, yeah. marriages and and the the removing the illusions you know uh basically that marriage is supposed to be easy when you love each other kind of thing you know yeah, that there yeah. are there is work involved and uh there's was, different elements to make the to make the recipe work absolutely <laughs> and i yeah i encourage you to go back and listen to that first episode when you have a chance but now, right now, you're here with us, and it's great because today's episode is, again, they're all foundational. They are very, very important. Uh, I think this one is going to help a lot of people, men especially, but I shouldn't say men especially because there's a lot of women who are going to watch today's episode and be like, man, that's my man. You just mm -hmm. described my man. Thank you. I want to share it with him. But obviously, there's going to be a, you're going to have to be uh, smart as to how you share it with him. Uh, depending on where he's at and what, what he's going through right now. Uh, some men, when they're going through hard times, they like to retreat in their cave and they don't want to be bothered. Uh, so it's they're harder to talk to. So that might be challenging. But I know this is going to help a lot of couples. So the today's episode is a man needs clarity and purpose to have a strong marriage. A man needs clarity and purpose to have a strong marriage marriage. I'm going to start with a personal story, anecdote. Uh, I have some allergies today bothering me. I keep, yeah. I keep rubbing my nose. Before uh, you sorry start about that, guys. Before you start that, the reason we're calling it Lord Save My Marriage is because, you know, there are a lot of marriages that are, you know, Christian marriages or people, you know, either one of you, one of you is saved in the couple, maybe you got saved later in the marriage, yeah. um, you know, and there's all kinds of reasons why uh, we need to work at our marriage and sometimes it's like very rocky the road is very rocky maybe you've been married for you know two three years and you're like man this is not getting easier what am, what are we doing wrong what's happening maybe i married the wrong person you know and all that so that's why we're taught we titled that lord save my marriage and now we're talking about uh, why a man needs clarity and purpose to have a strong marriage why is that a foundational thing to have a, a thriving marriage absolutely and it's extremely foundational, as we're going to see today. So I'm going to start with a little personal story. Uh, just a little background for me. Uh, if you haven't been listening to the Thriving on Purpose broadcast, you're going to appreciate this. Um, I uh, I grew up with a in a broken home. My parents divorced twice, so they had they had a marriage that failed twice. Imagine that. So they divorced, they remarried years later, and they re-divorced. And the second divorce was even nastier than the first one. So obviously I grew up uh, a busted, uh, you know, emotionally, uh, there was uh, a lot of things lacking for me. So one of the things was relationally. Uh, I didn't know what a good, strong marriage looked like. I didn't know what healthy relationships looked like. I didn't know um, much about girls or women. So I was very shy growing up and all that. But eventually, obviously, uh, I wanted to find a wife myself. I had joined the church and, and I was very intentional about finding a wife there, uh, which didn't happen for many years. And uh, I, I was in a, in a bad state, a bad place in my life. I didn't have a, a good job or a career or, a, or anything remotely similar to a purpose. I didn't even know a purpose was a thing. I never heard the word purpose back then. Mm -hmm. And but, but I thought the solution to my problem was to get married. Because I had such a, a strong desire to be married for that intimacy, for that that relational aspect of marriage, and and I and I really wanted a wife, 
And I felt severely depressed uh, year after year in, in, in when I was in, in that church. And my pastor, he sat me down and, and he said, look, Sebastian, you're, you're very depressed, but I know, I know the solution for you. The solution is to fix the job thing. You have to find a good job. You have to fix your career. And then you'll be able to marry and it's going to be all right. But at the time, I couldn't see that. I, I mean, I grew up with a dad who was on welfare most of his life. So I didn't even know what that looked like, like having a stable job, stable career, ambition. All these things were foreign to me. So uh, I thought, no, he's wrong. Solution for me is marriage. That's what I yearned for. I want that intimacy with a woman. I, I, I want marriage. But I didn't have the tools for marriage at all. And, I, and he was half right. I mean, when he said fix the job thing, what he should have said was first find your purpose. Now, I don't think he knew what purpose was either. So <laughs> I can't blame him for that. He was trying his best and he knew the order of things. And we're going to look at that a little bit later. But the or there was an order that, that, that needed to be in place in my life, building blocks, if you will, or stepping stones, that I didn't have a clue as to what that order was to be like. So he had the order good. So then I, I, I didn't fix the career thing, but I did find a good paying job. So I, I worked for Canada Post. I, I, those who listen to Thriving on Purpose know this. I worked uh, with that company for 18 years. So I had just found Thriving, uh, not Thriving on Purpose, but Canada Post. Yeah. Uh, and I was working part-time, very part-time for them. But I, was, I had the promise of a soon promotion where I would be full-time with them. And uh, it was a, a manual labor job. It was not a job that I enjoyed at all. In fact, uh, in the beginning, it wasn't too bad. But it's later when I got my full-time position, I realized just how much I hated that job. But that's for another show. <laughs> the point <laughs> is, I was not happy at all in my work. But I got a wonderful woman who saw my worth, even though I couldn't see it, and who wanted to marry me. And she did. And uh, we have today, thank God, a happy marriage. Uh, we still have bumps in the road. We still have things that we have to work through every day. But we have a happy marriage. But it was not easy to get there. And that's the point I'm getting at. In the beginning of our marriage, I had the wife, but I didn't have the purpose. So I made her life. Difficult. Well, I, I was going to say living hell, but I, I not. No, I don't, I don't like using that term. It was, I made it very difficult. It was hard for me. Mm -hmm. I was depressed. I was blue. I was uh, even, in all honesty, yeah, there was some days when I was suicidal. So it, it got to a point where, it was, and, it was, and I was a Christian. And for those who think that Christians can't get that depressed, well, no, there are demons of depression. There are demons who want you to off yourself. And I did uh, do a, uh, a wonderful teaching uh, of almost two hours long on Christians and suicide. You, want, you might want to check that on the Thriving on Purpose YouTube channel where I talk in depth about that. But uh, I don't want to veer off in, in another direction. So I was, I was not in a good place. And I remember in the, we were in our early months of marriage and Liz got mad. She, she got frustrated with me because I was always blue, always depressed, never in a good mood. I was a lead balloon. I was making her life miserable. So she got mad. She said, what are your dreams, damn it? What are your dreams? Why are you always blue? Like if you had dreams, at least you'd be working towards something. Yeah. And uh, that was a wake-up call. Uh, what kind of wake-up call am I talking about? Well, it was a wake-up call to see how far I was from even having a, an image or a, even a concept of what a purpose is. I didn't have any dreams. I had been so disappointed by life, so hurt. I was such a, 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 an orphan, hurt spirit, a wounded spirit, that I didn't even think that I should have any dreams. And I did that to avoid disappointment. So I didn't have any dreams. And I said, well, I, I said, my dream was to marry you. Like it was to get married. And she says, well, congratulations. You got it. Now what? <laughs> like she was like, okay, you got, you got that. Now, now, now look at us. We're still, we're, we're, this, we're not thriving. We're not happy. So now what are you going to do? And, uh, and I realized, my goodness, this, she's got a point. This is not normal. <laughs> and I realized it was not normal to not have any dreams, ambition, goals, all that stuff. And it was because I was purposeless. I didn't even know the word existed back then. So that's for another story, another time. But the point is, if a man does, has not found his purpose in life, if he does not have clarity about his God-given assignment on this earth, 
he cannot possibly have a strong marriage. Can he have the illusion of a good marriage? Yeah, yeah a lot of them do. There's a lot of men out there who are miserable in their life, don't like their job, whatever. They have the illusion of a good marriage because their wife doesn't really complain because she veered in another direction and concentrated on her own career and she's doing her own thing and they have the illusion that this is working. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is a man without a purpose cannot possibly have a strong marriage. And this is the whole point of this, uh, this teaching today that I hope is going to help you. So I want to look at what the Bible says. And by the, by the way, before I, I embark on what the Bible says, Liz, you have any comments about that epoch in our marriage, that time in our yeah, life? Well, I think it's important to uh, understand the difference between job and a purpose. Yeah. Because a lot of people think, well, I'm going to change job and that's going to make me happier. Yeah. And, you know, even when he was working for the post office, um, years later, uh, we had been married for... I don't know, a good 10 years. And um, he said, you know, I, I really hate what I'm doing here in the plant, working, you know, the, the evening shift, finishing at 1130, all that. It was, it was very difficult. And I had a day shift and I worked on weekends. So we, we barely saw each other. It was like, uh, you know, I saw, I saw him in the evenings on the weekend and a little bit in the mornings during the week. If I didn't have to run off to work, it, it like I had a, re a really weird schedule. So it was very difficult. And we both worked at the same place, yeah. but I was part time. So um, and then, you know, there, there were the kids and all that. And um, and I remember, you know, we knew that this wasn't working. And so we felt called to move to uh, a secluded island where the, the life was a lot quieter. <laughs> secluded island. The tiniest Canadian province known yeah. as Prince Edward Island. So yeah, so not, we, it's not that secluded. So we but. felt God calling us for something different, for more. We knew that this was not normal, what we were living. And so we felt the, the need, the call to uh, to move. And we basically uh, like applied to 10 different places in Canada. and 16. And, and put that one as our number one choice. Um, and for many reasons, and then we said, God, it's in your hands, you know, you, you bring us where you want us. And we just knew that there was a call to more, to something more, right. That we need, that we needed better in mm -hmm. our lives and God brought us here. And, you know, Sebastian basically thought that if he applied for a different job in the same company, but now he was going to be a mail carrier that he was going to be happy. And uh, the reason why I'm talking about this is because you changing can think job, that yeah. changing job will make you happy. And if it's not related to your purpose, it won't. It won't. So in his case, he did it for, for a couple more years and it was just, um, it was not working for many reasons. It was just, you know, you, you know, when you're not walking in your purpose, you're just not happy. Uh, it could be the purpose for somebody else. You know, God could could have called somebody else to that purpose and he's super happy and he's enjoying and making the most of it and talking to everybody he meets on his route. But that wasn't for Sebastian because he was called to a different purpose. So it's that's why I'm saying a job and a purpose is very different. And sometimes your J-O-B can be related to your purpose. God can expand that. Yeah. God can use it. Um, I like to give, you know, examples. So, for example, if I'm really good at um, doing taxes and I'm really good at accounting, um, but I'm working for somebody that I really hate working for, it's I'm in a, in a box where they're really driving me to the bone. I'm overwhelmed with work. I might be in the function I'm supposed to do, but I'm not in my purpose because God, um, you know, would like to see me expand that and start my own practice mm. where I work from home and choose my clients and yeah. I'm able to, to help Christians and other people in the church and other people that are in need of me doing taxes for them and accounting and just me being able to choose my own hours and live my own life um, and offer my services, maybe even to churches and different things is giving me some sense of purpose and accomplishment. Do you see how it's, it's related to the same function, yeah. but it's not operating in the same way. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not, doing it in the same way. And I'm not dissing, you know, people that work for other corporations, you can be happy working Absolutely. in another co corporation, but your purpose might be related to a ministry, a side ministry that you're going to be doing. And that's just, you know, the other thing you're doing to make money um, to pay your bills. So there's a lot of different areas. So that's why, 
it's really important that you understand the difference between purpose and asking God, what is my purpose? Yeah, you're not asking God for a new job. You're asking yeah. God for your purpose. You're not asking God for a career. You're asking God for an assignment, a clear assignment from him on this earth. It's very different. Mm -hmm. It might be related. It might be uh, connected to that. But it, you, you have to, to have clarity about that. Yeah. So let's look at what the Bible says about for, for the man and for the purpose of man. We have to go back to the book of beginnings in the book of Genesis. There's so much to unpack in the book of Genesis. It's my I think it's one of my favorite books in the whole Bible. It's one of the least the most misunderstood books in the Bible, one of the least understood books in the Bible, but there's still a, a amazing stuff we can glean from it. So in Genesis 2.15, we're told this, the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Just that verse alone has so much in there. So God put the man in the garden of Eden. A garden is a protected place. A gar, a garage is a protected place for a car. A garden is a protected place for where you grow plants and trees and all that stuff. So, uh, uh, so a a gar port is. A, I'm kidding. I'm just pushing this. But <laughs> but the word the 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 the, uh, the prefix gar is means protected area. So the Garden of Eden was a protected area. And he put the man there for a purpose. It's right there in the verse. He put the man in the garden to, in order to work it and take care of it. So the man didn't have to rack his head thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to study? What am I going to go to work? He right away was given by God a clear assignment. You are in charge of this place. This is your purpose so cultivate it take care of it and it was not painful to sweat because there was no fall yet so so everything grew in the best possible way there was a mist and a dew and, and the perfect temperature perfect sunlight ratio with with all like it was perfect so the man didn't have to worry oh my goodness we're having a, a dry spell i have to put the hose up he didn't have anything to do like that everything was smooth sailing for him but he still had to manage that place. So he had to work it and take care of it. So, but, but he didn't have to, to look for a job. He had that sense of, I'm the regent of this place and God has clearly defined it for me and I'm walking in it and it was fulfilling. However, however, in Genesis 2.18, the Lord utters the first not good of all creation. Remember when God created the, the heavens and the earth and the plants and the trees and the cows and the, 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 the cattle of the field and all that, all the animals. Every single time he said, and the Lord saw that it was good. And the Lord saw that it was good. And the Lord saw that it was good. Well, in Genesis 2.18, we read, and the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And then we know, of course, the rest of the story. He molded Eve and Adam expressed delight when he saw her at first time. Says, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Whoa. In other words, you went like, whoa, God, thank you. Well done. I like this. So the Lord God made a helper and a helpmeet suitable for Adam. So I love the word helpmeet because it contains so much but but uh i mean at that point adam had a career he had a purpose he had a job he had, a, he had an occupation he was busy but he still was missing something he was hit, missing that relational aspect that help meet so let's talk a little bit about statistics before i give a dive deeper into all this anything you want to add liz before i go into some statistics no Go, you like go it so ahead. far? Yeah. It's pretty good, huh? I like that. <laughs> I like what I like what we're giving them today. Okay, so let's look at some marriage stats. You guys are probably familiar with some marriage statistics out there because they put them all everywhere in magazines and all that. We, we kind of know that roughly, you know, between 40 and 50% of marriages end in divorce, unfortunately. 
And in the church, the numbers are not that much greater, unfortunately, mm -hmm. as well. So you would expect maybe in the church it's 15 to 20, but no, it's kind of like the world as well. But did you know that of that 50% of marriages that end in divorce, 80% of those divorces were initiated or asked by the wife. So it's the wife who is dissatisfied and says, I want out in 80% of the cases of divorce. So this gives us a huge clue as to a lot of things. And we're going to unpack that. What's wrong with today's marriages? Well, I mentioned how much I like the word help meet or help mate or a helper uh, to define the woman, right? A help meet needs to feel that she is part of something special. Same way when, when you, uh, let's say if you find a job, most people hate their jobs because they don't feel like they're part of something special. They know they're contributing to somebody else getting rich and it's not them. Mm -hmm. So so they don't feel like they're part of something special at all. Uh, so uh, the same thing for the wife. See, the, the, the man was given a, a purpose and a, a clarity of assignment. And then God created the help me to help the man meet those goals, the, that expectation of him, that mm -hmm. job, that work to be done. Yeah. So if a man is miserable at his job, if he hates his life, if he has not found his God-given purpose and assignment, he cannot possibly have a strong marriage. I already mentioned that. So there will inevitably be, be cracks in that marriage. So what are the cracks that we find in a marriage where the man is miserable? Well, we're going to look at those cracks. And you, if you're undergoing some marital troubles, and you're a woman, and you know your man is going through some hard times, and you know that from what I'm saying now, it's kind of like going a light bulb is going off. And you're like, my goodness, it's he was missing out on his purpose. Well, yeah, probably. And here's the symptoms, okay? Lack of communication. A miserable man doesn't want to talk much. Mm -hmm. A miserable man will try to seek solace in his man cave, watching TV, getting away from it all, being away from you. Going hours maybe exercising yeah going out with friends for hours miserable men whatever. do not like to communicate with their wives why because it opens up wounds we don't like that so a miserable man might also seek affairs might also try to cheat on his wife find excitement or adventure uh, in the french it's interesting because i'm french as you guys know uh, and we call it an extramarital affair an adventure or an aventure so the, the French term says une aventure. So, so it's exciting for a man to, to do that, but it's only a temporary plaster on a permanent wound if he doesn't look into fixing the real problem. A man might also look at addictions. So alcohol, drugs, television can be an addiction. Pornography uh, can be an addiction. So a, a man, a miserable man will look into these things or become potentially addicted uh, you know, that we, we see this in movies sometimes that the guy's miserable. What does he do? He drinks himself to sleep, right? He, he gets home, watches TV and drinks, 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 tries to drink and, and, and become numb to his troubles that he can't seem to get a, a handle on. How do I fix this? Yeah. And even some um, some men may have gone into entrepreneurship where they're doing something, working with their hands or, um, you know, they have um the kind of job that they don't really like, but they kind of inherited it. It's not something yeah. that they really chose for themselves. It's not really related to their purpose. It's something that they could do. So they just decide to go in that venue, but they're not happy doing it. So some men will drown themselves in that work yeah. um, because they figure, you know, the more work, at least I'm getting more money. That's the only thing that makes me happy right now is making more money. So, you know, I'm just going to focus on that and spend all my time here and just, you know, basically live at work and not pay attention to their marriage. Yeah. And so uh, it also uh, another crack in the marriage will be inevitable fights. I mean, there's going to be fight. There's going to be fightings because if the man doesn't know his problem, he can't find a solution. And if the woman doesn't know the problem, she can't help him meet yeah. 
the goals of whatever God has asked him to, to meet. So there's problems right away. There's going to be fights. There's going to be conflict. Remember, a help meet is made to help the man meet his goals. She she helps to meet. <laughs> I remember uh, hearing a sermon. It was so good. He gave the example. It says a woman is a multiplier. A woman is a multiplier. For example, if you give her a word, she'll give you a sentence. Right? Women talk more than men. We know this. They're, they say more words in a day than men do. So if you open up the communication valve, she's going to give you more maybe than you're barking for, <laughs> but that's okay. So uh, if you give her a uh, grocery, she'll give you a meal. Mm-hmm. If you give her a seed, I'm talking a, a sperm seed, she'll give you a baby. The, those seeds will multiply and she'll give you a baby. And it was uh, ended by saying, if you if you give her crap, you're going to get a shit storm. <laughs> Pardon, <laughs> Pardon my French. But I think the point is good in saying, look, the, the woman is multiplies whatever a man gives her. And that's so true. If you give a woman... Everything's amplified and every, multiplied. It's like a, a woman is like a, a multiplier. You give her 20 bucks, she's going to find a way to, to, to make you a good meal with that. Or there's always, well, maybe not with today's economy and inflation, maybe give her a hundred dollars. She's going to make something good with you. I'm kidding. I'm half kidding. You know, you know how hard it is right now, right? So a woman is a multiplier. And if you give her love, she's going to give it right back to you. She used to tell me that in the beginning of our marriage. She said, whatever you give to me, I will give back to you. But the problem is we were fighting so much. I didn't want to give her anything. I was like, I ain't giving you nothing. You keep you, you keep nagging and, and screaming at me. I want nothing to do with you. <laughs> but eventually I learned that she was right. Because I started, okay, let's see if let's see if I can take her at her word here. So I started giving her a little something here, a little something there. See what I got back from it. It worked. I got back from it. So that gave me a clue because I was pretty clueless. But that gave me a clue as to uh, uh, something to, to do to improve my marriage. So a woman will also help a man as a helpmeet with advice. Women are good at that. They, they can often give you a different perspective. You know, as a man, we have our own perspective on things. But a woman sometimes comes a little bit out of left field and she'll say, well, haven't you considered this? And there's even instances of that in the Bible where, where the woman uh, talks to the man and he sees things different and goes, like, that's not a bad idea. So... A woman is good for that. A woman, a woman, a loving marriage also, a woman wants to help the man dream bigger. Because a woman who loves a man usually esteems the man and sees him as bigger than he sees himself. So if a man has a confidence problem and the woman sees his worth, she will encourage him to dream bigger. She's going to be like, well, haven't you thought about if he's in a job and he's miserable? She might say, haven't you thought about maybe applying to become supervisor? Because you're so smart and wonderful and I love you. <laughs> and the guy goes like, uh, no, not really. But anyway, but the woman, but often, a woman will encourage a man yeah, to dream bigger. Oftentimes because she, um, she'll give him that vision, um, you know, she'll kind of push him in the right direction yeah. to, to, to become know, more ambitious. Yeah, yeah, to confront his fear, oftentimes he'll go for more because of that. Yeah, so there's that. A woman is also a great prayer partner, whether you are doing it with her or w- without her. In the case of if the marriage is on the rocks or going through a difficult time and the woman is a Christian, uh, she will pray for for, the, for her man. I mean, we know that. A woman is, is good at home care usually, unless she's completely career-oriented, but a woman will take care of the home. Uh, obviously, uh, becoming a, a mom, giving birth to the man's children and helping, obviously, doing the bigger load of the child care. A woman is great at that. Uh, help in managing managing the business. So if a man is an entrepreneur, he has a business going, the woman will want you be to have a hand in that. And if she knows nothing of the business, and let's say it's a, it's a mechanic business, she might you know, want to be a secretary or she, or she might want to uh, do more on the home front so that the man has more time to take care of the business himself, but she will want to help in managing the business. A woman is uh, great at bringing in extra income. And nowadays with the the level of education that some women have, they they bring in most of the income. That's another uh, thing for another show. I know this can affect some men in today's world. There's a lot of psychological things that are related to that. Uh, I'm not saying women shouldn't make a great income. I'm just saying that for a man to to make less than his wife can be something that would uh, make him feel inferior or 
not needed or whatever but that's for another show but the point is a woman is, is, will to, in today's world especially will bring an extra income and even in proverbs 31 we did a show on that a few years back we were considering reading through proverbs 31 and we saw that the proverbs 31 woman was an entrepreneur she actually took the man's money and invested it in purchasing uh fields was it a field mm -hmm. so she went out and bought a field so she was a a great entrepreneur. So she, the, the, the husband trusts her, says, look, here's the money, manage it well for the home front. And she went out and, and purchased a field. So that's uh, pretty entrepreneurial. But, so all this is good stuff. But if the man has no clarity, if the man has no direction or purpose, she will feel like she is also wasting her life because see the man feels like he's wasting his life the man feels inferior the man feels like his whole life is a sham guess what she feels as your help meet she feels the same way she's like what am i doing with this douche <laughs> or this dude like she gets discouraged and she doesn't want to disrespect her husband but this can bring her in a great place of disrespect where she'll be like i want out i don't want to stay with this man because He's bringing me down with him. And so this is very important for a, a man to understand that if he doesn't, if he has not found his purpose, he is greatly hurting his wife, greatly hurting his wife. Yeah. And, you know, there's also the difficulty, you know, when when I started picking up on this without knowing the whole, you know, what a purpose is and all that, I just knew that he wasn't happy in what he was doing. And I knew that, you know, there had to be something out there that could could give him some fulfillment, some joy in, in, you know, maybe completely changing a career at the time, because I didn't really know what purpose was. Um, even if I was a Christian, I didn't It's funny how we're understand. not taught about that in churches. Yeah. Huh? It's really strange that we're not taught about that in this church because <laughs> it's, so, it's very fundamental. It's so fundamental. But, but at the time I remember talking to him and everything I said was like, um, you know, he always had a negative response. There was no option. There was no uh, other way. He felt trapped. He felt like he was too old to start something new, to start a new venture. And, you know, the life will tell us in the life that we live in that we have to go back to school. So when somebody thinks I have to change my life, they automatically think, oh, I have to go back to school and learn for another five years and, and spend a lot of money and they might and, and do another thing. And unless that's always been your dream, oftentimes that is not the solution. You're going to end up doing that, realizing, you know, that's just another J-O-B. And that puts a lot of stress and financial stress on, on the family as well. So, you know, for him, for him, it was just a bunch of no's, no's. I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. And that was hard on me because I really felt like, um, you know, he has to figure this out. Like, why is he trying to figure this out? And why is he always saying no, no, no? And we, we just can't live like that forever. Like, you know, we moved to, so that things would be better. Uh, you're things just as better. depressed, yeah. um, lost a lot of money in the process and, and all this. And then you're, you're faced with that situation where you're like, well, he doesn't even want to row the boat. He's just like, accepting is just going to live a life of misery and i can't live like that right because like you said it affects us mentally as well because we want to see our man happy we want to see him thriving we want to help him in whatever it is that he wants uh, that he that he's striving for mm -hmm. and even you know sometimes like we're talking about all the ways that women can help but you know sometimes you can't necessarily help him in his work or whatever he's doing, because it's not something, for example, if he's doing taxes and you're really not, you know, knowledgeable in any of that. Well, there's other things that you can do. You can discuss together that need to be done that you can do to make his life a little easier. And that's helping him, you know, yeah, even exactly, if it is yeah. maintaining the house and making sure that meals are met and the kids are taken care of. Sometimes we think that our work is uh, redundant and boring and you know that it's not super helpful but it really is it because really is. when it stops and you don't do it you see how things get so <laughs> hectic and nothing runs smoothly so it yeah. is super necessary absolutely so don't underestimate your role in the home front yeah. and you know maybe you're working at, at a full-time job maybe you have to work or you're working part-time and you're juggling the kids in the house and the work and you're like you know what this is just a bunch of headache my husband being so miserable, he's just weighing me down. It's already hard as it is 
to work, take care of the kids, take care of the house. And I, I completely understand. I've been there. I've done all that. And um, it, it is very hard to uh, want to be there for him yeah. when you're, you're you know, building basically, up resentment, basically. You're, you're basically, you know, trying to roll the boat and he's like, just like this heavy log in the boat kind of going like, I don't feel like doing this anymore and I'm miserable and I, I don't like this. And it, it's not helping the situation at all. Oh, so I really have compassion for that. And uh, we're going to talk about the different things that we can do here. What can she do to well, um, yeah. help the situation? So what, what we unpack so far, it, it really shows that it kind of like justifies this statistic of why 80% of divorces or 70 to 80% of divorces are initiated by women. There's a huge dissatisfaction from women in men. So I know a lot of, I've seen a lot of Christian posts throughout the year. They blame the man's leadership. And yes, leadership definitely has a part to play in that. But there's also a cultural conditioning as well. Mm -hmm. We are conditioned to look for a job. We are conditioned to look for a career. We are not yeah. conditioned to look for a purpose. We, are, we don't understand the biblical dynamics of how God wired a male, a man, to, to need a purpose in order to, to bloom, in order to yeah. become a better leader, in order to become a better husband, a better father. All the, It's like the domino effect. Once a man has the purpose thing down and he pursues it with fervor, Guess what? In the process, Liz can attest to that. He becomes a better husband. You guys start having a better marriage. He becomes yeah. a better father. He becomes a better brother. He becomes a better. He becomes a better everything. All of a sudden, the that marriage, man is yeah, happier. The marriage become it, it changes dimension. But you know, I, I want to say this about purpose. The reason why it's so hard is because purpose is always related to your God-given assignment of what God has called you to do. And you can't find your purpose if you don't find God, usually. Amen. So it's you might, be, you might be really close to it. Sometimes some people find a really, they have the, a lot of strengths, a lot of giftings in a certain area. And that may be really, really close to the purpose that God has, that God is going to use. And sometimes it, it isn't. Sometimes you're just really good and gifted in a certain area. And that's going to be one stream of income God's going to use. Yeah. But the main purpose is, is something else. And God is going to reveal that to you as you pur pursue uh, him and finding your purpose Amen. in him. Yeah. And I like to call that uh, operating in half your purpose. A lot of people live their whole lives. And you, if you talk to them about their life, I love my life. I love my job. I love my work, my career, whatever, mm -hmm. because they're operating in half their purpose. They haven't found God. They haven't found anything else, but they're living a life that they enjoy, mm -hmm. and which is great. But at the same time, it can be detrimental because when you're happy, you don't seek God usually. Mm -hmm. You're, you feel like you're fulfilled. So if you're already operating in half your purpose, doing it in a lane that's connected to it, you're not going to feel like much is missing. You're going to be pretty much pretty happy and fulfilled in your daily life. So it's good and it's not good at the same time. So uh, obviously God has the whole picture, the whole purpose assignment thing for the man and the woman. And we need to find it in him. Uh, so, and like I said, you know, uh, we live in a noisy world out there and that noisy world. There's so many voices coming at youth today. Uh, young man. I was one of them. So many voices, but very few voices are talking about the real things. And so that's why we're, we get busy with going to school, getting a good job and finding a career and all that. And, and, and then we, we do that for 10, 15, 20 years. And we look back and like, why am I still not happy? I have a good income. I'm married. I have 2.5 kids. I have a nice house. Why am I, do I feel like something is still missing? Purpose, mm -hmm. purpose. And we have, by the way, let's take a time here to, to say, if you go to the Thriving on Purpose Academy, we're going to put the link in the comments and in the description of the Thriving on Purpose Academy. The, we did a course on purpose called, well, this course right now we're doing is called uh, Lord Save My Marriage. That the course I'm recommending is Lord, what is my purpose? Yeah, Lord, what is my purpose? You can find it at thrivingonpurpose.com and it'll lead you to the academy. It's a fantastic course, it's a five part, one hour long series, so five hours total of content, all aimed at helping you 
to find your purpose. So whether you're a woman or a man, we we all have, because the purpose of a woman is not just necessarily bearing kids and taking care of the home front. There's more to dimensions to a woman than just that. So, uh, and, and being a helpmeet as well. But uh, there's all, all these components, of course, but there's extra in there. And, and I know a woman will not be happy until she is also working, walking in her purpose. So the course is for both men and women. And it's really, it's titled, Lord, what is my purpose? And it's a really complete course. So we'll put the link in the comments. Yeah. And if you go through the whole whole course and you still have questions, feel free to write to us at support at thrivingonpurpose.com. You can always ask us questions. Yeah. Um, if you've gone, gone through the whole course and you still are like, you know, you have a better clarity, but you still have some questions you can ask us as well. Yeah. And I, can you just go there do you see the book standing up there the second one after the rock the black one yeah that's the one i want to recommend i, I had another one i wanted to recommend but i want to take a, a minute i mean there's tons of great books out there that you can read or recommend if you're a wife you can recommend it to your husband if you're a husband watching this and going like my goodness this is what's been missing in my life i understand now why i'm so miserable well there's a great book written by miles monroe here in pursuit of purpose. Uh, he was one of the best teachers on the topic of purpose, purpose, leadership, kingdom of God, all these great things. But he was a, one of the best teachers I've encountered speaking on uh, what the what purpose is, how you can find your purpose. So that's a great book. There's another book also written by Phil Cook. And the title, so you just write that, Phil Cook, uh, One Big Thing, One Big Thing. So in the, the premise of the book is, you guessed it, he, he helps the reader to find their one big thing in life, so, so mm -hmm. their purpose. And it's a very good book where uh, Phil really dives deep into all these questions that we need to ask ourselves in order to find our purpose. So if a woman is married to a man who hasn't yet found his purpose, and let's be honest, if we look at the divorce rate and the, the rate of women asking for a divorce, it gives us a pretty good inkling that it's probably between 70 and 80% of men out there, if not more, that have not found their purpose and that are making their wives miserable in the process. It, it's, it's, it's a natural result. A man who hasn't found his purpose is unhappy. He's miserable himself. He cannot make a woman happy, even if he tries. And I tried. Trust me. Before I, I, I found my purpose, I was trying. But you can't. I mean, it's just... There's always something missing. So if a woman is married to a man who hasn't found his purpose, what can she do? What can she do? Because a, a lot of these women, and, and, I, and I feel for you. I feel for you because I understand what you're going through. I, I get it. They're frustrated. They're building up resentment against their husbands. Uh, they want out in some cases. And it's hard. It's very, very taxing and difficult on the marriage. But one of the first things you got to stop doing, if you have been doing it, is you have to avoid nagging your husband. And I know that it's a natural process. Let me let me explain. The husband marries the wife. Like, right? Remember when, when he married you and he got on one knee? You make me so happy. Here's what I want to bring to you. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to bring you this. I'm going to bring you that. I'm going to do this for you, do that for you. And he sweeps her off her feet. And she's like, this is the man for me. This is going to be bliss. It's going to be wonderful. So what a woman does when she's nagging is very simple, psychologically speaking. She's just reminding him of his unfulfilled promises. That's what a woman does when she nags. You said that you'd become this. You said that you'd do that. And I'm here to follow you and to help you meet those goals. And it's not happening. So basically, when a woman's nagging, she's just in reaction against, hey, what's going on here? You're not leading me where you said you would. Yeah. So she's angry, understandably so. So it's a natural reaction for the woman to remind the man. Remember, she multiplies, right? So you gave her those promises. So she's just multiplying them back to you daily. <laughs> you know, you're getting them back by the bucket load. But you said this, but you should be doing, doing that. And why aren't you doing this? And you, you told me that verse not last week or last year or five years ago. Why aren't you applying it? Blah, 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 blah. You know, what, you know the music, right, guys? So 
this is not her being mean to you. It's her multiplying back to you what you said you'd become. And since it ain't working, she's multiplying it in, in bucket loads. Okay. So it's a natural process, but the wife needs to understand that he's in a vulnerable place. He's hurt. He's miserable. He's unhappy. The last thing he needs is multiplication of those broken promises, broken dreams, broken heart, whatever it is broken in the marriage. He doesn't need to hear it right now. He's probably well aware of it. Okay. Number two, the woman needs to pray. I mean, if you're a Christian woman and whether your man is saved or not, now if he's saved, obviously it's going to be a different type of prayer, uh, but you need to pray because that man is going through hell right now. And there is a, a book out there that I love. Uh, that I, what to pray when your husband's going through through hell or something like that? Or really? Yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing a, a Christian book. I, I forget who wrote that. What to pray when your husband going through hell? Or um, the, there's also another book titled uh, I think it's Stormy or Martian who wrote it. It said uh, the power of a pray. Never underestimate the power of a praying wife or something like that. So there's books out there that can help there's you. There's a lot can, of prayer in the, there's a lot of power in prayer. Yeah. A lot of prior, uh, power in prayer and women are are um naturally instinctively more intercessory than men. Okay? Because they're relational uh they're more relational than men, they're more relational in their spiritual walk with the Lord as well. Naturally. So, so it's a good thing uh, to to pray for your husband as he's going through this. Of course, if he's not saved, you need to pray that he gets saved. Uh, but even if he's not saved, you, the, the the discussion of purpose can it still applies to him. He, he could still understand the validity of everything we've said here today. Yeah. There's a difference between you know nagging and telling him what he's doing wrong and what you need from the marriage, and there's a difference between discussing you know uh, the you know, if he's happy in what he's doing and if, trying to figure out why to figure out, he's not happy. Yeah. Trying to figure out if he, uh, you know, maybe he somewhat knows what he always should have done, what would have made him happy um, in his purpose, but he never did it because mm -hmm. of, you know, I know people that have um, literally chosen a certain path career just for the money. Yeah. They never even considered that it would make them totally miserable. Yeah, it's true. And, I, I know people And they're like making that. a lot of money and they're super miserable. Yeah. So, you know, some people just did it for the money and they knew that they would be um, much happier doing another job, but, you know, kind of dissed it because it was a blue collar job and figured, you know, there's no or like, just not paying enough. Yeah. Yeah. And for many reasons. So, you know, it's to really have those open discussions where you'll notice he'll open up and talk more because now he doesn't feel threatened because now it's not pointing the figure at what he's not doing right. But more like I'm trying to understand, you know, how you feel and I'm trying to understand, you know, um, where your feelings are coming from, why you say that you're miserable in your job, you know, what would make you happy? What yeah. do you think? you know, God called you. Why do you think God called you and put you on this earth? Uh, you know, did you ever ask yourself those questions? Yeah. You know? And sometimes and you won't always have the answer right away, but I'll just give him food for thought. And he might actually start thinking about it and ask God about it. And, and something that I want to urge wives to, to do is to not think that you know what your husband is thinking, because a lot of women, they analyze the situation from a woman's perspective. And they think that that's what he's thinking. But you would probably be very surprised to know his deepest thoughts on the matter. Mm -hmm. And so seek open discussion about these things. Seek open discussion about the importance of purpose. And maybe he's not, he was like me or her. Maybe he never heard the word purpose. Maybe he didn't even know he had a purpose. You understand right. what I'm saying? This, yeah. is as, this is as deep an issue as any, okay? And it needs to be addressed uh, prayerfully, kindly, lovingly. And openly as well, but you don't want to push the man too far either. Like you don't want to press, but you, you're more in a position of, I want to understand what's going on in your mind right now. Why are you miserable? Why are, what's going on? What? Why do you see this as a, 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 me, it used to be the problem with me. I, I saw this as a, a hopeless end. Mm -hmm. I was in my job. I felt like I, it was hopeless. There was no way out. And the reasons for that were, well, if I go back to school, it's irresponsible because I'm past 40 and I have kids and a mortgage, blah, blah, blah. So you, 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 and then the, if the wife goes like, you know what, we'll make it work. You just gave that man an open door mm -hmm. and that might give him the fresh air he needs to move into another direction and to find fulfillment.
because for many men, it's a question of, I won't be responsible if I go back to school, if I try to pursue my dreams, if I do this, if I do that. So they block themselves for the sake of being a good, responsible provider. And it, it just doesn't help the situation. Uh, yeah. And I've known men that, you know, have a very strong entrepreneurial sense. And, you know, they, they've done the nine to five job. They've done different jobs to, to make ends meet because they knew they could and it brings in the bacon. But they really feel like their purpose is tied to entrepreneurship. It's tied to starting a new business. They might and not that's even risky. Know it. And that's risky. And oftentimes, you know, uh, it might you, it might be scary for some women because they're like, well, if he does this thing, he's going to you know, have a lot more hours and time um, towards that thing and less towards the family. He's already maxed out or, you know, there's different things that you both have to talk about and really see the bigger picture that in the end, if he does try this and he's happy doing this, when it does take off, you're going to have a better man that's going to be happier for it. And, you know, when the money starts coming in, then he'll be able to transition and do this full time um, is, you know, it's it's a hard climb to go through because it's always hard when you start something new. Everything but worthwhile you, is uphill. But if you encourage him and you're there and you understand the whole purpose behind it and you you both pray about it and you both feel like this is the solution uh, to change your lives for better and that God's going to bless it, then why not do it? Even if the climb is a little more difficult, in the end, you'll be much more happy than the way things are. So basically, a thing that the wife can do is encourage your husband to keep seeking and knocking until he finds. And like we said, he might have to go back to school. He might ha have to start working part-time on his dream and full-time at his job. Mm -hmm. uh, he might start a business. All that stuff might come into play. But... Uh, don't diss it as a um, oh my goodness like because a lot of men like they might have a, a good paying job and that might worry the woman well if he starts doing this we're gonna be missing out on income or do it and, and i understand it's a real life problem but trust me it's going to be worth it in the end because a happy husband you know they say happy wife happy life but trust me when your husband ain't happy ain't nobody happy <laughs> like they they don't mention that often in church they say happy wife happy life and it's true but trust me it's more like happy spouse happy house yeah. okay it's for both you want the happy wife and you want the happy husband um so so always tell yourself whatever my husband uh, sees wherever god shows him his purpose or, or direction or assignment if he wants to pursue it I will back him up with this I, because through Christ, we can do all things. Always remind yourself of that. Even if it means a lesser income for a while, you might go back part-time to school or do this or do that or whatever. And it might mean a cut and pay. You might have to have a cut and pay. And maybe a part-time job. You have or, to get a part-time job. To... It's going to be maybe sacrifices, but in the end, it's going to be worth it. And you know what? When all else fails, you can seek counseling. You can seek counseling. Uh, sometimes the problems are just bigger than what we can see or handle mm -hmm. because, and sometimes a third party, a godly third party. And, and when I say counseling, I say Christian counseling, someone who knows about these matters, they will be able to help you pinpoint more accurately what might be missing here. You know, a stuff that you have not seen or considered because sometimes we're limited in scope. Even if we're two heads, we don't see the whole picture. You know, I mean, and it's normal and it happens. Uh, and if you're a man, I, I talked a lot about during this broadcast, if you're a woman, do this, if you're a woman, do that. Because I, I think a woman, women like to listen to broadcasts that talk about marriage because, hey, it has to do with relationships and they like that. And that's fine. Men, not so much. But if you're a man and you're watching this broadcast, my goodness, I hope it really helped you because you're, you're not alone. There's a lot of us guys out there who are going through heck. Who are really miserable. I've been one of them. Uh, and, and I know there's a huge percentage of men out there who have not found their God-given assignment and purpose. And it's a process. And you have to be patient with yourself. Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. But, you know, knowing is half the battle. And so if you've never heard the word purpose before, I know this broadcast will have ignited a light bulb in your mind. Go like, ding, ding, ding. Look at that. I never thought of that. Yes. So that's a point to start. It, it's your starting point to start digging for more and seeking God and, and, and seeking him in prayer and, and really intentionality in, um, 
introspection and looking at your heart's desires and dreams and, and passions and, and talents and abilities and giftings and all these things and weighing them in the balance and, and putting them on the altar and saying, Lord, I know you didn't just put me here to go to a nine to five job I hate and to pay bills. There's more to it than that. So what is it? Show me. Mm -hmm. and, and have a passion and a desire for that answer. Keep knocking and, and keep seeking until you find and knocking until the door opens. And trust me, it's a promise in the word of God. He will open that door for you. He will not let you. It might take a while, but he will not let you without these answers. Because he, guess what? When he dispatched you on this earth, he wanted you to find your purpose. He, did, he, he didn't go like, God is not like this. I'm going to send him there. He's going to not know what I want him to do for his whole life and die. <laughs> what's the point god wants us to discover mm -hmm. our assignment on this earth yeah. because guess what it helps his kingdom right you know so obviously it's part of his plan for you to find this out so don't be discouraged it might take a little while but at least you have a starting point now you know where to begin and i urge you again to look up at the the link in the description and go check out the course on purpose that we offer yeah at thrivingonpurpose.com and you know um I want to also address, you know, in our journey, like I said, you know, at first when I was trying to ask Sebastian the right questions and he was like, no, 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 I'm too old. I'm, you know, finding all those excuses, it can be difficult to try to get through uh, to your husband. And, you know, for, for us, um, the Lord kind of led us through personal development Oh yes, before Big, we yeah. even dabbled into purpose. And it kind of all happened at the same time. So you know, you can encourage your husband or play it out in, in the house. You can listen to some Zig Ziglar or Jim Rohn. They're both Christians. They, uh, you know, basically founded a personal development. I mean, well, Les Brown. Les Brown. You yeah, know, these we, three, these are my top three. And, and John Maxwell as well. Yeah. And, you know, listen, just listening to a bit of personal de development when you're folding clothes or whatever, just blasting in the house. It's just about, you know, reframing the way you think yeah. and to understanding that, you know, God did create us into capable beings that are able to uh, figure out things for ourselves as well. Like, obviously, we need that Holy Spirit intuition, but there's a lot of the way he um, he made us is is to think outside the box, is to grow and expand our mindsets. And the problem is that oftentimes we don't do de personal development. Mm -hmm. We tend to get our mindsets framed from the government from the school boards that tell us you have to fit in this box you or, have to or. do you have to do this and you know be fulfilled yeah. by going on vacation once a year like you know or or plan for your retirement that's the way you have to live life just work 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 35 years work hard and then get that uh you know that golfing experience or whatever it is that you want to do when you're retired and it, it completely makes no sense because there's no fulfillment on a daily basis in your prime years yes. where you could be the most fruitful, right? So it's it's really about um, thinking differently. You're the result of your best thinking. So mm -hmm. when you listen to personal development that stretches your way of thinking, that asks, makes forces you to ask yourself the right questions, God will work with that. You know, God will work with that to help you. And so for us, it, God brought us to that because we had no idea what that was. Sebastian had a very fixed mindset. So did I. Yeah. Uh, we came from a religious mindset background. Okay. So even that had to be broken. Yeah. Um, and so God had to break all that. Um, use personal development. Use the John Maxwell team. Use leadership. Use Miles Monroe and purpose. We went on this incredible journey. And, and it basically broke off religion off of our minds. Religion, poverty spirit. Uh, brought us uh, into a kingdom the, mindset, the, 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 the mindset where you, your fixed mindset. So we expanded our mindset to possibility thinking all these things we need to break off in order to advance to the yeah. next level. And we both did it together. Even if he wasn't a hundred percent sure about his purpose, he had certain strengths certain giftings that he, that he knew he had, but he didn't know the full you know, the full plan for the Lord, what God was asking him to do. And, and, you know, sometimes there's kingdom. I talk about that in our podcast a lot. There's kingdom assignments too. Sometimes you're going from kingdom assignment to kingdom assignment because God is using that to teach you different elements to mm -hmm. lead you to your main purpose. So you can also be in a season of that. 
And so, but you're still going to thrive and be happy in what you're doing because you're getting revelation, you're learning, you feel that God is using you for something. So even if, um, you know, you could be going through seasons of kingdom assignments as well. So it's, it's really expanding your mind. So try to um, listen to some personal development. It's going to help you as a uh, as a wife to think as a wife or husband and it's Both. and play it out loud in the house and you know if you're listening to this and you're a man well listen to some of that listen to some of jim Rohn's uh videos and on youtube um there's yeah, we're, we're kind of old school when it comes to personal uh growth jim ziggler we tend to Les like Brown. more the christian perspective yeah. because in personal development there are a lot of people that are into more um, neuro-linguistic new, programming and, and, and other stuff. stuff. Yeah. New age. So, and... yeah. So we try to stick to those guys because they fundamentally understand, like they believe in God and the yeah. way they speak. So they know that after you've done all you can, God can step in and help you achieve the rest. So, yeah. uh, and that's, that's the thing about personal growth. It, it made me expand my thinking on what was possible mm-hmm. with a different mindset. So if I changed my thoughts, like she said earlier, you are the result right here where you are in your life right now. You're the result of your best thinking. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't like where you're at, that gives you a clue about maybe your thinking. Maybe Mm -hmm. you should change your thinking. And the way to change your thinking is through personal growth, motivational videos, on, and so and on and the so word forth. of god the, the, the word of god of course of god. yeah absolutely um, like that that's i don't that goes without saying but yeah we have this book here just decrees that's fashion yes. road for your life and you know just looking at god's promises and it goes and we titled it for your life because it covers different aspects it actually of your life. there's actually a great chapter on, for marriage in there where you can decree for your marriage the yeah. things that you want in your marriage to align with the word of god and uh, that's a really good chapter uh, on marriage yeah and your identity and calling you know um your prosperity that has to do with and purpose. abundance your identity and calling has to do victory, with victory yeah. um you know my god his will and his love for me like there's different areas um that are really complete in this book and that's going to reframe your mindset yeah. that's going to because you're going to focus on the word of god and his promises for you and say you know i'm not hopeless god promised me this yes. and I, if i stand on these promises He's going to lead me to to the the path of purpose. He's going to lead me to my kingdom assignment. He's going to bring blessing and and open doors and different things that I need to help me thrive. Because you have to remember that you have a a kingdom destiny, right? You have um, in your book of life that God wrote when he created you. He had a purpose for you. He had a destiny for you. He had kingdom assignments. He had things he he wanted to see you accomplish and that he wanted to work through you, work with you. And so, um, you know, it's a it's a wonderful journey, but you have to start you have to start it if you want to discover what that is, right? Amen. That covers it, Liz. We've we've we're done. We've, well, yes, we are. Mm-hmm. I think we are done. Uh, I hope. Look, guys, I hope I know that if you've listened to this broadcast, you've been blessed. I mean, if, even if you're walking your purpose already, I know you're going to want to share it with a friend, or or maybe you know a couple who's going through some hard times. You're going to want to share this. So make sure you subscribe to our channel. Smash that subscribe button. Smash the like button. Yeah. And and leave a comment. It really does help when people comment on our videos. So we don't say that enough, but it really does help. And if you want this book, just uh, go to Amazon.com. Look for Just Decrees for Your Life, Sebastian Richard, and you'll find it. And you'll find his other stuff there. Yeah. There's a chapter in there about your destiny and calling, which is basically your purpose. And another chapter on marriage, where you basically read the word of God about these subjects. And you have a decree underneath where you decree these things daily to align your, your, your mind and your heart with the word of God. The word of God is his will. So you want his will and your life to be one so that helps you to achieve and, that and you know we were talking about mindset you know when things are not going well um you know and sometimes the enemy tries to give you um you know ne- negative thoughts concerning yourself your identity your purpose uh, you're never going to find it you know there's all kinds of lies that the enemy will whisper in our ears because he doesn't want us to be fruitful for the kingdom he doesn't want you to find your purpose that's basically why he created this whole system that we're under is so that people Painful, feel like sweat people system, feel yeah. like slaves. They feel like they're a slave to money, and they don't find their purpose because they don't have the luxury to seek that. They don't. They just feel like they have to do this to pay the bills, and they stay miserable for all kinds of reasons. So, 
Um, it's really important to, to shift our mindset. And that's why the word of God does that by decreeing, declaring, even if you feel like hopeless, you feel depressed some days, you wake up being discouraged, it breaks off those things. It yes. really breaks off. I notice that for me, sometimes I wake up and sometimes things, you know, aren't working the way I want them to. Yeah. And Sebastian will say, let's decree. And I'm sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't feel like decreeing right same, now. Same with, same with me. Sometimes <laughs> and, it's me. And she goes like, okay, time to decree. I'm like, yeah. that's lost. And then we start. And she's like, no, I'm decreeing and you're going to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when we start doing it, we're like, you know, it just breaks stuff off. It breaks stuff off. And yeah. you just like get realigned and you're back in the right mindset. And it really, really helps. And, you know, yes. listening to, like I said, personal development, um, you know, it's not it's not so much about because, you know, there's a personal development that's more secular that will say you are all things and you are powerful yeah. and you can do all things. We're, we're not doing that. We're really just asking ourselves the right questions and realizing that, you know, God created us as capable beings that can, you know, uh, can be highly functional in their purpose and in their destiny and in their full potential. Basically it's expanding your mind to reach its fullest potential. And you're mm -hmm. using the word of God to do it. You're using, yes. um, you know, kingdom assignments, kingdom inspiration. His words. Um, you're using uh, Holy spirit insights to, you know, uh, and I know when, when I started this journey, the Lord was really gracious. Every time I asked him, you know, uh, show me what I need to learn to get me closer yes. to my kingdom purpose. And he would always give me stuff. He would always give me stuff. I even woke up during the night with certain words that I had to look up, certain things he wanted me to learn, certain things I had to 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 dig in. Solomon start here. Remember that one? That was fun. Yeah. And there was all <laughs> kinds of stuff. It was really like a treasure hunt, but it was it was really fun and um it was so insightful and impactful and full of revelation. Um, that's really how he schooled me by, by me pressing in, pressing in, asking questions, asking questions, and he'd answer. So I encourage you to do the same. So as we reach the end of this wonderful broadcast, make sure you subscribe again to the channel, click the like button, comment if this has blessed you, share it with friends and family. Yeah, and go to thrivingonpurpose.com, sign up to our email list so we can send you our broadcasts every week. Amen. And we will see you next time. Be so, blessed. And thrive on.